The Tevil Commute, Season 10, Episode 4, Backpack. In this episode, Lindsay and Sean talk all things backpack. Is it a thing you carry? Is it a type of teacher? Who knows? Let's find out. Hey, Sean. Hey, Lindsay. How you doing? Fine. How are you? All right. How are you doing? Did you enjoy Halloween after our film episode? I, 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 I had a a very quiet Halloween. Halloweens aren't what they used to be. You weren't trick or treating. Gosh. No, no children trick or treating are either. I, I was away. I was, I was, I was away in another part of Britain on Halloween, and actually was really surprised how many kids were out trick or treating. It's just really changed. Anyway, wow. that's a bugbear. If you haven't listened to the fear episode, you'll need to go back uh, one episode to look at that. This is episode <laughs> four. <laughs> this is episode four of the Temple Commute. This is a podcast for language teachers that's not about language teaching, but the topic always comes up. <laughs> are we just changing the tagline to always now? <laughs> yes. We are your hosts. My name is Lindsay and... <laughs> and I'm Sean. Um... <laughs> okay. So each episode we take uh, an issue and we and we dive into it and explore it from different angles. This, this week, not each week, each episode. This episode, our topic is backpack. Yeah, this episode is your fault, Lindsay. It is my fault it because is. I did mention something <laughs> about backpacks and backpackers in a plenary that I did. But let's start off. Let's start off very basically here, right. Sean. And yes, let me sir. ask you, we right, were talking sorry. about this before, but I just want to ask you again, how many backpacks do you have in the, as a teacher? How many backpacks do you have in the house? <laughs> I don't know if you're asking me this because you're amazed. I think I have, I'm looking around, I think I have five or six that I use. <laughs> yeah, I have at least three as well. Okay, and I think there's another reading, three or right. four in the house because I, I have two sons who are at, who are I at thought school. You, so. uh, I thought you were setting me up to be mocked. Oh, no, no, there's six of mine. If you want to bring in my families, then there's even more than that. Are There's you, even more. It's kind of, I've got, I'm a bit, I don't know, I've got like the day pack. I've got the uh, non-computer pack, the one I need for a computer. The one if I'm going out overnight and I need a backpack kind of thing. And then I've got the That's bigger true. backpack. And then I've got the one that if I need to do some filming, I've got the filming equipment backpack, you know? So they've all got a purpose. They've all got a purpose. Um, If we like tell, so what I wanted to start with about backpacks in general right. is whether or not, establish whether or not we carry backpacks for teaching purposes. And I think we both do. I have carried a backpack i sometimes had like an over-the-shoulder laptop bag or kind of satchel kind of thingy for for books but i also have a backpack yeah i mean my my daily teaching these days when i'm off up to the uni i would have a backpack yeah 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 so what what is so here's my question what goes in on a day of teaching what goes in the backpack what do you have in the backpack uh, Go. i have oh uh, well i've got three things uh, four things i have a pencil case which is full of mac adapters Okay. Uh, I have my Mac because I teach a paperless class. Uh, okay. So I everything goes through my screen and QR codes and stuff like that. I have my uh, water bottle, my refillable water bottle, and I have my uh, my coffee cup, so I can I don't have to buy a coffee cup. I can use the coffee cup that I take with me. That's generally Ooh, four things good. in my bag. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I usually, if I'm care- if I'm going in, I would have the um, 
Oh, it's changed over the years. Of course, the last time it probably would have been, I would have had the laptop in my backpack. I would have had, you're right, the pencil case. I have two pencil cases, one with pens and, um, and erasers and things like that. And some dice for some reason. I always have a couple of dice in my, in, in, in that case. I mean, and then another reason. one, <laughs> Mr. Gamer. Hello. <laughs> But though for classroom reasons, you never know when you need a random one to six. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then I have, I have. You're right. I have the other little case which has the, the adapters and so on and so forth. I do usually have like a book because recently, the last times I've been teaching, I have been teaching with a book. So um, I would have a copy of the book in there and maybe one or two pieces of paper. Usually, the class roster is in there as uh, well. Those you, you, I pick the, you have to pick the class roster up. Uh, well, for me, so I don't have to go that way. It always has to be on site because of visa yeah. checks and stuff like that. Um, uh, I see. Um, I, I think what you, uh, amongst that, what you were going to say is how much it's changed. I was just thinking back to when I was more a full time teacher and, you know, the 12 kilos of uh, the. Oh my gosh. Books yeah. And teaching books and yeah. stuff like going around. Well, yeah, like no, that. the worst would be a day. I remember teach. I remember this would be 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, a day when I would have like three different levels. And for some reason I hadn't quite prepared all of them. So I would have three students books and three teachers books yeah. in there oh, plus the cassettes remember remember the no no the, oh the workbooks are even worse if i had to correct the workbooks because then i would jam students workbooks oh, in there you, oh you collect oh. the workbooks oh i see right yeah yeah or or i would also have remember you'd having the cassettes in there and then you'd realize that you'd broken the the cassette boxes oh, in the backpack or or, or yeah <laughs> oh yeah the cassettes or cds like the cd boxes with with the jewel cases or whatever they're called yeah, would be broken I mean, as well people do mock uh, there's a lot of criticisms about technology technology teaching but one thing tech, one thing tech has done where if you like all those blackboard um kind of whiteboard programs and stuff they have at least it's consolidated things so you don't have to carry like the dvds the cds and and everything around uh with with you now i think it's i i, I always think it's um i watch my students at the university because obviously they're studying uh, different modules at the university and some of them carry suitcases because they've got so many books with them. oh wow uh, it's just wow. a ridiculous amount of books with it um yeah. uh, anyway yeah <sighs> So why are we talking about backpacks? I mean, like, if you've just just joined this episode, people are like, why are they talking about backpacks? Well, backpacks are like a kind of staple part of school and teachers and students. So I thought we thought I think we thought that there would be that angle, which we're going to go into later when we, we're going to talk about. We're going to go, get back into that. But backpacks, I think, also have a special place in our field in ELT or in some parts of our field in ELT um, because there is the notion of the backpack as part of uh, essential gear of the backpacker teacher, which is a rather more pejorative term. And I know that you've done a, I've done a bit of reading about this and you've done as well. So why don't you start us off on what backpack or backpacker means to ELT? And well, yeah, it's a, it's a contextualized term. We say it's your fault because you, you, you put it into your, um, into your IETFL plenary. That's where yeah. I think both James and I went, oh, we could do an episode on that. And then um, why now? It's because I think a couple of weeks ago in the, in the UK Guardian, newspaper they were actually asking people about uh, famous people about their perceptions of europe obviously in the in in britain europe is a constant conversation topic at the moment um and in that they one of the people they that was interviewed was uh, jk Rowling, who of course was an elt teacher and during that um during that interview in that interview she said teaching english abroad is a perfectly respectable profession but nobody who has done it can deny that it attracts its fair shares of misfits and runaways i was 
both. And, and it kind of reminded me about what we'd been saying about uh, backpacker teachers. But I am, I was a backpacker teacher. I don't know about well, you. But and, and so was, so was I. I was also a backpacker teacher. In fact, you'll find, I think, I've heard this from many of, um, sort of storied people in our profession, uh, you know, um, either on the academic side or on the course book writing side or on well known teacher training, uh, trainers, um, certainly the native speaker ones will often say that they were backpacker teachers at one point or they sort of fell into teaching. I like the fact, I mean, because I mean, as you said, we've done a fair bit of uh, research and because it's a topic I think that that we that we frequent in our professional lives, not just as a, a podcast. And I um, I was drawn back to uh, Scott's article, Scott Thornberry's article, which is 2001. So this conversation has been going on a long time, uh, which you can find online and we'll put the link to the, from the article. I don't know if you remember it. It was in the LT Journal called yes. The Unbearable Likeness of EFL. And I'll just quote some of the because it's still probably true now. So in that, he said... The public perception of TEFL, at least in Britain, uh, is uh, is that of low status, even slightly disreputable thing to do. Uh, this may be part in association with its easily acquired vacational work of dubious legality. And it's kind <laughs> yes. Of- yes, ouch. <laughs> That's like yeah. a, yes, that is an ouch kind of thing. And in fact, I mean, that sort of, that association with the easily acquired vacational work, that kind of still does exist. If you look, for example, at placement adverts for teaching jobs abroad online to this day. I mean, back, I remember in the newspapers or back in the early days of online, if you saw ads for, for, for teaching, for seeking, uh, uh, teachers, international English teachers, it was always kind of linked to that idea of traveling around, going on an adventure, uh, vacational work. As um, wow, it's funny that you said that because I did uh, um, Google a few. Just I put in, I think I, I think the search was uh, travel and teach. So okay. you just get like I, I, I'm not obviously going to say what the companies are, but you get uh, so that you get free placement for teaching jobs in Korea, and this is on the internet today. So, so that's one advert. Pack your bags and take on a different kind of adventure, whether it's taking time out to go teach english abroad blah 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 or find a teaching job on the way and then another one travel and travel the world and teach in china calling on graduates to make the most of lifetime you know um yeah. so it's um so scott's scott's quote of uh, of nearly 20 years ago is is you know still there as you say in that in that sense uh, with it now is is there anything wrong with about packer teacher then uh, lindsay um no, I mean, what I, when I talked, well, yes and no. So when I spoke about it at IATEFL, I think it's because since I started taking teaching more seriously and um, beefing up my qualifications, deciding that I wanted to make it my life's work, um, getting more qualifications, learning more, going to conferences, becoming a teacher trainer, looking for new job opportunities and things like that, I began to run into this idea that I would well, part of it, I was sort of ashamed at the beginning. Like, I kind of started as a, a backpacker teacher. You know, I was in my early 20s and I just kind of like left my country and, and, and traveled around. And I realized that lots of people were doing that. And so when you decide to get serious, it's sort of like you want to step away from all of those, uh, of that kind of part of yourself. And so therefore, seeing other people who are just kind of, um, you know, just having a swan around the world and teaching English uh, part time while they are also writing their novel or trying to, you know, make their album or whatever, you kind of think, oh, I don't want to be like them anymore. I want to be a serious professional teacher. So I think this part of the profession, which has sort of looked down on that, there's another part where, where you could say, and my colleague, Philip Kerr has never uh, 
never misses an opportunity to say that we have to remember that the backpacker teacher as an idea is only part of the private sector uh, teaching jobs. You know, most public sector English teacher jobs are not going to be of your backpacker variety. There'll be people sort of in the country who have done the studies and have... Um, I've got university degrees and trained to be a, a teacher and so on and so forth. But I think it, at, at conferences like IATEFL and other conferences, often there's a sort of idea that the backpacker teacher is is not necessarily a desirable thing. Ah, that's 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 interesting because the quite there's not desire. So you're, is it one of these things that the, the longer you stay in the profession, the more you know you you you, you begin a backpacker teacher, but as you said, you become slightly more. You you see it then suddenly as a profession, and so you you know, fully enough, you get qualified, move down the career path as you said, and then turn your nose up at the backpacker teacher, which of course you were. <laughs> well, that's probably that's probably very much a part of it. I assume that is a part of it. The other problem is is that um, one could argue, especially within the private sector in certain countries or certain areas that the backpacker teachers with no qualifications exert a kind of downward pressure on salaries wages and so on and so forth because you know if they're if you know you can if if, if they're offering whatever your conversational classes at you know three dollars an hour or whatever they're, they're not really doing it professionally they're doing it just to make a little bit of money enough money to make it through the next six months so they can travel around the next part of the world or so on and so forth that doesn't do you any favors as a teacher who's trying to like kind of make a proper go of it i suppose so the point the counterpoint um the bit you see like people at all or those kind of conferences i think that counterpoint is this idea of the need to this uh, and I'll, I'm using their words, not necessarily my opinion, the need to professionalize the ELT industry. Uh, you know, so you get, um, there is somebody who was quoting, uh, there's a blog again, we'll link to it, where they quote a, a plenary they saw when he said the, the, the speaker brought up the topic of a backpacking teacher and strongly suggested backpackers were the reason that ELT doesn't have a stellar reputation, uh, decried their lack of formal training and called for standards to be put in place. Uh, bold, boldly, he stated that we would never want our surgeon to be untrained. So why do we accept an untrained teacher? And it's a theme that um, the the guy that does the ELT uh, WTF uh, podcast picked up on recently. We're saying that there are people who are critical of of the, and he actually says the Celta backpack teacher uh, because they come to a country for only a couple of years and, uh, and so on. So it seems to be this underlying thing that backpacker teacher equals lack of professionalism, which I don't necessarily think is true. No, and that could be questioned as well. I, I did some writing about this as well, but the whole nature of professionalism in ELT and why shouldn't why should teachers not be more like doctors and stuff? And I think there it is possible to problematize that. And I don't, well, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on that too much no. here. <laughs> no, that's not. But I mean, it also gets all wrapped up. The whole lots of the whole notions of the backpacker teacher do get wrapped up also in the whole native and non-native English speaker teacher. Because I think a lot of the time when people are imagining the archetypal backpacker teacher, a, for good or bad, is, is a young native speaker, probably usually white um, person yeah, moving very, around the world. It's actually a very westernized concept, isn't it? I mean, yeah. at heart. It is. Oh, wow. We are we are going deep into this. Well, yeah, Has there been any... You had found some studies that had been done, like yeah, proper is, studies I, I, done. I, I'm, I'm, well, obviously, Scott's article is well worth a read, which is, you know, as ever way, with Scott's a, a well-researched piece. But actually, last year, and you'll find it on uh, ResearchGate, but again, we'll put a link to it. Uh, what was her name? Eva... Um, I, I don't know how you would say her last name. Codot. 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 She'd uh, done a whole research paper on... Uh, on um, and it, it's 
it's got a grand title. It's the interse- intersection of global mo- mobility, lifestyle, and ELT e- work, a critical examination, and so on. But what I quite liked about this, the papers looks at uh, people uh, in Barcelona, actually, which is uh, a nice juxtaposition with Scott, I guess. Um, but um, it would be... Uh, she called... She- T- talks about rather the backpacker they talk about lifestyle mobility which i quite like yeah <laughs> this idea yes. of uh, you know that we do live in a time where there is this more that the, the, there is more mobility in lifestyle and this idea of people traveling around and doing jobs in different places even if it's a temporary relocation is yeah. uh is now quite common and if i think of other industries i think that's getting quite common now you know you think um you know you because of the global nature and the way that people connect, people are moving around and and doing their job from different locations. So- exactly. I remember when I started out as a teacher, I had two books. One was called Work Your Way Around the World and the other was called Teach Your Way Around the World. Uh, okay. And the Work Your Way Around the World, like they would name like four or five jobs that you could do around the world. One of them was an English teacher, but the other was like a hairstylist and then working like on a boat, on a yacht, or th- something like that. Oh, so yeah, there, were, yeah. there were there was only a few. But now this was also before you know we had this was in the early '90s. So it was before sort of internet had really exploded and taken off, and so on. So, but I suppose now you have far more jobs, far more kind of digital nomads as well, people who can move around. Yeah, um, I thought it was true. also interesting in the, in Cadeau's, um piece, her talking about. Um, uh, the availability of ELT jobs, even if underpaid and exploitative, allows yes. lifestylers or lifestyle relocators to make a living in their selected destination as they experience a culture and a way of life. And it makes me think of not just the backpackers, but I'm sure you and I as teacher trainers have met those people who in their 50s have suddenly like left a really yeah. well-paid job in yeah. London or or in Toronto, um, given up being in some cases things like you know finance or or marketing or like a business job to become an English teacher with yeah. appalling wages, exploitive conditions, but they just want to. Uh, I don't know, for ver- ver- a variety of reasons, but some of these could be this lifestyle relocation reason. Well, and, and, it's interesting, and if you put it the way around, how many students have you taught uh, over your career that were looking for a lifestyle relocation anyway? Because you were teaching them English so they could go and live in... Uh, yeah. So, you know, if you take the words of uh, Kudor's, uh word there, the, the selected destination as they experience its culture and way, li- way of life. So that's what we do as teachers, isn't it? We 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 prepare them for that so um i mean there are lots of i think i mean we don't want to get too deep but there are lots of arguments why a backpacker teacher might be a good thing one of those is demand and supply there are far more teaching jobs around the world than there are people to fill it yeah Uh, yes yes i think it was also interesting uh again scott writing about the professionalism of elt um he talks about the uh, the much despised four week Celta course, which is often kind of packaged and and wrapped up with the whole backpacker teacher image, right? The the four week course. Um, he talks about how this much despised course helped a still unfinished process of professionalization. The need for moderation of a profil- pro- proliferating number of courses became urgent. Teachers, teacher trainers, and school administrators talked about standards and even eventually career paths. So it's interesting how even, how we like to kind of like despise this as a short thing, but it is a path towards this kind of professionalization. Well, working as an international house who, who developed the first four-week course, and it kind of this is an, this argument of you ruin the industry has come up a number of times. So I'm quite glad to have a, a counterbalance, uh, a counterbalance to that. <laughs> We've kind of strayed quite far from backpacks. We went into we now into backpacking teachers, 
then the subject of teaching definitely came up. It has. But I suggest that we take a break and come back again to the backpacks as we originally saw them. Can we have the angels then if we're going to have a break? All right, if you must. <laughs> I definitely must. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's teaching philosophy from a Facebook meme. Don't struggle to be a better teacher than everybody else. Simply be a better teacher than you thought you could be. I don't just bring joy to my life. I must. I mean, I, I, it's me that makes that segment, isn't it? But I just, there's, yeah. so mu- there's something I like so much about <laughs> yeah. the start of the angels coming in. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so and the new voice is also good. Yeah, and it's, well, it's interesting. With te- that's the technological thing, isn't it? The voice uh, brings out, I don't think it'll ever replace the uh, the original voice, but, yeah, you know, needs must and all that. So should we go back to backpacks then? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, I think we should. And I think I'd like to introduce a new section here that we're going to do today on the on the Tuffle Commute, and we'll call it the One fact, of Lindsay's crazy ideas? One of my cra- <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's crazy idea, number 631. Yes. Uh, no. Oh, how did this one get through the editorial board? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this one is called, drum roll. There you go the fact face-off now being a being a uh, course book writer and also both of us being english teachers let's be honest english teachers especially course book writer varieties but lots of english teachers love a whole bunch of facts and just different facts about things this is my tenuous link but stay with me stay with me everyone loves a good series of bite-sized facts they're great for readings they're great for listenings and so on so what we're going to do is we're going to do a fact face-off where each of us are going to take turns reading facts about backpacks to each other to see if we find any uh really stay with us audience please (laughs) stay with us the idea is that we read these back and forth uh in a sort of lightning fact face-off round about backpacks you'll learn something new you will uh you can maybe even use this as a listening with your students. Um, it's a load of fun. It's new. Let's do it. Okay, I'm, I'm primed. I'm ready. Backed face off. Backpacks. The first vessels for students' books, Sean, weren't packed like at all, but rather a strap of leather or cloth, basically like a belt that was fastened around a stack of books to make them easier to carry. But according to Time magazine in 1938, when Jerry Outdoors, side note, I was very disappointed to find out that was a shop. I thought it was a great use of nominative determinism. But Jerry Jerry Outdoors invented the first backpack with a zipper. So backpacks were then still primarily used in hiking, camping and alpine recreation. In the 1970s in North America, stores began to notice that students on college campuses were buying hiking backpacks for school to carry their books in. The trend was soon picked up and then companies began making backpacks designed especially for students and their many supplies. Think of Sean, your uh, 12 kilos of books. By the 1980s, student backpacks were fully integrated into the checklist of necessary necessary school supplies. 
When the original student backpack came out, organically in response to practical student needs, novelty backpacks that are made mostly with aesthetics in mind have become popular in more recent decades. Another way to take money off parents. Anyway, sorry, backpacks that feature shiny images of favourite children's TV and movie characters demonstrate the way in backpack backpacks or back-to-school packs have been commercialised and marketed as fun. Sometimes a whim- something is a whimsical time for young people. But backpacks aren't just about the business of carrying things to school anymore. They're part of a student's identity. Over the years, backpacks have been called different names. So some of these still names are still being used while others have been discarded. Here, Sean, are some names of which backpacks have been called. Knapsack, rucksack, rucksack with no K at the end, pack, sack, sackpack, bagpack, money bag, haversack, oat sack, bergen, cracks, which I'd never heard, K-R-A-X-E, etc. It says, I don't know what the other ones, etc. are. Backpacks used in school, mostly by students, are referred to sometimes as book bags or school bags. Now, in an age where schools are relying more and more on digital tools, designers are rethinking backpacks, creating smaller, sleeker backpacks with compartments for laptops and smartphones built in. Um, Backpack companies are also beginning to sell accessories that supplant backpacks for students of the digital age, such as like much smaller kind of backpack things that like sling across your your back. One is called the digital burrito. but uh, these are for students who need mobile storage for their devices. Um, some of these things also become even more tech-like with um, USB chargers in them, uh, cables already in them, solar charging I saw, and so on. Ah, but even with a lot of people realizing that it's still better to wear both straps of their backpack more than just one, they still don't know how to properly wear their backpacks. And more than 50% of those making use of their backpacks don't properly wear them. Thousands of people all over the world visit their doctors because of pains caused by the wrong use of their bags, with an alarming increase of kids reporting back or shoulder pains. Some of these people don't realize this until they pay a visit to their doctors. So listen carefully, here is a list of the correct way to carry a backpack. One, wear both straps of your bag. Two, make sure that the straps are properly adjusted for proper fit. Three, make sure your bag is stabilized number four adjust your bag so it's just about an inch above the or below your waist oh that's interesting and number five make sure you buy a bag that has its back and shoulder straps padded of course there are designer backpacks as well the most expensive one we could find is the louis vuitton x supreme christopher backpack epi pm black it's This is really designed more like a purse that looks like a backpack than anything else. Relatively small, therefore unable to carry a lot of stuff, but that doesn't change the asking price because really it's all about the bling. Backed base off. Backpacks. $8,500, did you say in that last segment? 
$8,500. Why the hell would you buy a pack? I have no idea. People who just don't know what to do with their money. Anyway, that was the most expensive one that I could find online. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, it better be. It would probably fall apart in five minutes if you gave it to a teacher to put all their books in. Oh, yeah. Or but, even their laptop. Um, uh, our last section here, Sean. What should we? Right. Uh, what should we talk about here? Backpacks, well, backpacks, probably, since that's the theme of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, we were doing some facts about backpacks. Of course, yeah. Uh, by the way, those were from a couple of sources, which we can list in the in the show notes. Um, there are activities that people do with bags and backpacks uh, in class. Fun classroom activities, interesting classroom activities. Do you have any, Sean? Um, well, I mean, there's a, the obvious one that comes to my mind is, you know, the, somebody uh, you put some things in a backpack or bag and people have to feel them and guess what they are. You know, there's a vocabulary revision game. Always enjoyed that one. Um, uh, also, there's one, there's off, uh, if you look online, like activities for the backpack, I mean, there's, there's the, what do you usually carry in your backpack as a simple kind of part of an icebreaker thing or find somebody who has this in their backpack, who carries this, who carries that, and so on. Um, the other one is the idea of what's in my backpack being a metaphorical thing. And now this I found in loads of teaching sites, not necessarily English teaching sites, but teaching sites for for kids and also some kind of self-help uh, courses. So the idea that you're, what are you carrying on your back? And so this activity, like you draw an image of a backpack and then you write words in there of the things uh -oh. that it you- It sounds a little humanist to me. Oh, it does, yeah. It sounds like a, of the kind of thing Things that you carry around with you. I think oh, I saw one. I, th I think I've seen this one in an ELT humanist activity book. I know, I'm always. I, I've got no problem with humanist activities. I just. I. Uh, I think I was, I was telling you. Um, it reminds me in in the mid 1990s when I was doing my Tefla, Obviously, as a, as the uh, person, this this is um, this just reminds me of the of the poor the the, the Delta tutor, the Tefla tutor, was trying to do a it was trying to do a, a humanist session, and he did one of these kind of emotional activities. You know, like I can't. It wasn't quite you know, what baggage have you got in your bag, but it was of a similar ilk, and he just didn't uh, know the class very well, and though there was like there was dramas going got in the class and i've never seen a, a teacher training group burst into tears so much it's a, oh so i'm always gosh, wary of, of humanist uh, because, yeah. hey everybody let's talk about what baggage we're carrying around with us your emotional baggage make a list oh, uh, share it with a partner well let what? me put this back over to our listeners if you have any good ideas of activities that relate to backpacks please do let us know where can people find us sean well, they could start by looking at teflcommute.com, uh, the website where you'll find all the episodes and all the show notes uh, from our 10 series. 10 series? Wow. Uh, you can also find us, if you just want to listen to us, then you'll find us on all the usual podcast places, iTunes, Spotify, and so on. And of course, we do have a Facebook group where you can communicate with us. Did I miss anything? I think that's it. I think I'm gonna gonna grab my backpack and make a run for the door. Well, you're gonna pay. You're gonna back grab your backpack because you're coming here. <laughs> That's next right. Week. Yes, we may be doing the next episode face to face, everybody together. So, 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 remember last time we met to do an, an episode in Oxford? I think that was probably season two, and got kicked out of a cafe. So you may or may not hear from us in a cafe in Oxford later on. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Ha ha ha.